One, two, three, go. All right, and we are live. Did I really have to say one, two, three, and go? No, but I just do that anyway. Why? I don't know. Anyway, welcome to the Sovrumano podcast. How are you guys doing? I hope you're having a great day. This is going to be our third podcast. The title of this podcast is Basics of Interpersonal Conflict. And I'm doing something a little bit different this time. I am recording the podcast on my smartphone because I have been having some problems with my laptop. But I'll leave that subject material off the podcast and we'll just get right to the uh, subject material. So at Sobermano, we're all about gaming. And that includes uh, interpersonal conflicts or interpersonal gaming. And there are five different aspects to games. And if you have a pen and a piece of paper, you may want to write these down. But it's going to be a short podcast, so uh, you can review it if you want to. The first aspect of the game is to know what you're after. That is your prize that you're after. And you're always in a state of conflict. You're always in a state of negotiation. Whether you should buy or whether you should not buy, whether you should stay or whether you should leave, or whether your spouse wants to stay or whether she wants to leave, or whether your boyfriend wants to stay or wants to leave, uh, whether you should give or not give, or whether people should give to you or not give, whether you want to capture this market or not capture this market. All of those things are in a state of conflict. They're in a constant state of negotiation. All of your endeavors, all of your games, all of your gaming have some cost and some expected payoff that is supposed to be profitable or desirable to you. And therein lies the game. That's what you're gaining for. So, four questions for assessment. Number one, am I in conflict? The answer is yes, I am in conflict. Number two, with who or with what am I in conflict? Number three, how do I want this resolved? Or what do I hope to gain or what do I hope to benefit from my gaming or from my negotiations? And number four is which mode for resolution would be the best to take. I am currently standing outside and it is raining here in Los Angeles, California. So if you hear some background noise, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so in the last podcast, I gave you seven different areas for exploration for you to think about when thinking about uh, conflict. And I gave you an acronym, which was P-LIVERS. It's P-L-I-V-E-R-S. The P stands for personality. The L stands for leadership. The I stands for interests. The V stands for values. The E stands for ethics. The R stands for relationships. And the S stands for style. Now I'm gonna give you a quick example of each one of those seven different categories, but 
in your particular situation, it could be something totally different. It could be something totally unrelated to the example I'm giving you, but this is just to kind of stimulate your thinking. So under the personality category, it could be trying to make your, uh, make your personalities work together harmoniously and the negotiations there. Under leadership, there could be fights over who the leadership is to be or which political party we want working as leadership. Under I interests, this is probably the one most common to most gamers when there are two or more players after the same prize. B stands for values. That could be what's important to me is not important to you or what's uh, more important to me is less important to you, vice versa, and so on. I'm sorry, somebody just walked by and distracted me. Um, ethics. There could be a differing religious or moral ethics because we come from different religious backgrounds or moral backgrounds. We have different parenting and consequently have different ethics and points of view on that. The R that stands for relationships could be politics. Maybe you should join us. Join us, don't join them. S stands for style. That means your dress, your hair, your gender neutral bathrooms, or your mini skirts, or skirts that are required to go down to your ankles. I mean, you know, whatever. So that's it. P, livers, personality, leadership, interests, values, ethics, relationships, and style. There's also the abbreviated version, which is person versus person. That's you versus a group, a politic, a state. There's you versus nature. That could be you versus the weather, animals, the terrain. That could be you versus society. That means you versus an oppressive government or you versus um, you know, some sort of rights or rules against you. And lastly, person versus self. Maybe you've got psychological problems. Maybe you have an existential crisis. Maybe you have a disability that you're wrestling with that comes up from time to time. So there's, those are areas for uh, your own self-exploration. Okay, so we're through with the game category. Now we're going to move on to players. This is number two in the epistemology of gaming. Number one was the game and what you're after. Number two are the players. You need to think about who the players are in your gaming. How many players are there? Um, are you guys evenly matched? Is it important? Do they have more players than you do? you have more players than they do? Is that an advantage or is that a disadvantage? Number three in this epistemology of gaming is called information. Information. What information do you have available to you about the prize that you're seeking? Does it matter? Yes, it matters. If you're hunting rabbits, then the information you need about rabbits is different than information you need about hunting deer. If you're trying to capture a marketplace, you need information on that marketplace. If you're trying to capture a state or a country, you need information about them. That's sort of the meta to all of this as well. Okay, 
Number four, actions. What actions can you take to uh, capture your gain? What actions can your competition take? Now, the interesting thing here is that when you're playing board games or card games, when you're playing poker, when you're playing spades, when you're playing Monopoly, it is almost always symmetrical. In other words, the actions that you have available to you are the exact same actions that the other players have available to them. You can call, you can check, you can raise, you can turn your cards in, or you can fold. In real life, however, uh, that may or may not be the case. You may have more actions available to you. You may have more tools in your arsenal than somebody else does, or vice versa. Real life is actually unfair. Board games are usually calibrated to be exactly fair, and they're not the best representation of the way uh, games work in real life. At least some of them are not. not all. Chess would be an example where things are evenly matched. Cards like poker are unevenly matched and a better, represent, better representation of how games work in real life. Okay, the fifth category and lastly are payoffs. What payoffs can you expect to uh, acquire? This is your game. And again, the payoffs could be different for you versus another player. You might make a large sale. Somebody else may, might make a, a smaller sale. You may get a date. Somebody else may get a date and an engagement. So the payoffs can vary even though the actions you took were exactly the same or the actions you took were uneven. Okay? So those are the five aspects to your gaming. Number one, know what the game is. Number two, know who the players are. Number three, information. Gather information about your game. Gather information about the opposing team. Number four, take a look at what actions you have available to you so that you can acquire your game. And number five, realize what your payoffs are. Make sure that this is going to be a worthwhile endeavor for you. And if you really want to get creative, then you can realize that players, game, information, actions, and payoffs in real life are very malleable. That means that if you want a new player, you could possibly recruit one, like a sales organization. Um, spy, spy agencies like uh, the NSA or the CIA or the FBI will often try to turn other spies or agents into coming to work for the United States. Information. You can purchase information on a market. You can purchase information on another company's infrastructure. You can purchase information on people's backgrounds. Those things may help you to acquire your game. All of those things are malleable. So again, take a look at that list and see 
what you can use and what you might be able to barter or trade for so that you increase your chances of acquiring the game that you have in mind. Your eyes are on the prize, so to speak. Okay, there are five different modes that I'm going to cover with you now to resolve this interpersonal conflict. This is basically formalizing the actions that you can take when attempting to capture your game. And this will help for your clarity of thought because what I suspect is that the majority of you are probably relying on one or maybe two principal modes of acquisition. But we're going to cover five of them here, okay? Number one, competing. This is for high aggression, low cooperation. This is probably the one that the men uh, assume is the way that it's always done and that everybody always does it. This is when you need to take quick action, aggressive action. This is good for unpopular decisions or protecting your self-interest. This is the aggressive move. This is the front lines on the, at, you're at the line of scrimmage on the football team. What skills do you need when competing? Arguing, debating, using your rank or seniority, using your influence skills or sales skills, aggressive standing of your ground, maybe possibly building borders or a perimeter, possibly putting infantrymen around your border, asserting or stating your positions publicly and letting everybody else around you know what your stance is what you will not tolerate, what you desire to accumulate or acquire. This is where there's aggressive seizure. This can also be where there's sabotage and other actions like that on other teams or players. Make sure that you do your research and that no sabotage is illegal. There are rules when engaging. That includes gameplay, but it also includes warfare. Believe it or not, you can't just do anything you want to even though you're engaged in warfare. Okay, number two, avoiding. This is for low assertiveness and low cooperation. This is when you're afraid of the outcome. This is when you are scared. This is when you need to reduce tensions. This is when you are outnumbered. This is when you're smaller in size than the other guy or the other team. This is when you cannot give what somebody else can give. This is when you're caught by surprise. So avoiding skills, what do you do? You need the ability to withdraw. You need the ability to retreat. You need the ability to abandon your work, possibly. You need the ability to leave things unresolved. You need the ability to sidestep issues. You need the ability to persuade. You need the ability to diffuse actions or diffuse tension. You might need to blame somebody else. You might need to make a quick or a small concession to avoid a confrontation. You may need to make a parting gift or some sort of concession so that you don't lose all of the business. Perhaps you can keep some of it or retain some of it. Okay, number three, 
accommodating. This is for low assertiveness and high cooperation. This is most commonly done how you, this is most commonly how you relate to your friends. This is when you're reasonable, when you have goodwill, when you want to keep the peace. And there's really uh, not too much at stake. This is just an easy kind of give and take among friendships. So here your skills are the ability to yield a certain kind of selflessness, um, the ability to take and obey orders given to you from somebody else, even if he's one of your equals. This is the ability to take turns. Okay, number four, compromising. This is the modality you go into for moderate assertiveness and moderate importance. This is when you and your, your opponent or your prospect are on equal footing. This is where most sales jobs come into play. This is when you both have an equal interest. You want to make the sale and the customer wants to make the purchase. The skills that you need here are negotiating, assessing value, the ability to make concessions, and the ability to establish a middle ground so that you create a win-win situation. Finally, we are at collaboration. This is number five in your five modalities for resolution. Collaboration is kind of a anomaly. It's probably not going to apply to most people. This is for high assertiveness, but high cooperation. This is when you're going to be engaged in very long-term negotiations and meetings. This is the area of mergers and acquisitions. This is for um, long-term input and planning, building developments, um, company developments that are huge or large in scale, um, dividing up territories among one or two monopolies, those type of negotiations. Those are long-term meetings usually involving teams of people. Okay? So, those are the five modalities for resolution. I'll go over them again real quick. Number one, competing. Number two, avoiding. Number three, accommodating. Number four, compromising. Number five, collaborating. Competing is for high aggression, low cooperation. Avoiding is when you're outnumbered or smaller in size or they caught you by surprise and you're unprepared. You need to get out of there. Number three is for accommodating. This is when you're dealing with your friends. It's low assertiveness, high cooperation. Some people switch into this mode when the outcome is of low importance. If that's uh, relevant to you. I don't want to get too left brain here and take the love or joy out of your relationships. You don't want to look at them that way. But if we're going to look at this strictly from a gaming perspective, then you may want to take a look at it that way. Number four is compromising. This is most sales jobs where you're negotiating, assessing the value, and trying to reach a middle ground. You want to make the sale, the customer wants to make the purchase. It's just a matter of reaching that middle ground.
And lastly was collaboration. These are your long-term long-term negotiations and partnerships where you're going to be negotiating with each other over several months or years. That was it for our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. You have an epistemology of gaming. Number one, know what your game is. Number two, know who the players are. Number three, gather your information. Number four, take a look at what actions you have available to you. Number five, know what your payoffs are and how to maximize those payoffs for your actions. These are always malleable in real life and you should always be seeking to improve upon them. In board games, they're almost always fair or evenly distributed. In real life, uh, they're always malleable. And that could work to your advantage or it could work to your disadvantage. But it's something that you can take a look at today and go to work on. All right? I hope you enjoyed our latest podcast and you got some inspiration there. If you want to help out Sovermano.com, please feel free to do so. You can take a $1 bill or a $2 bill, put it in an envelope, and mail it to Titus Anderson at 515 Crocker Street in Los Angeles, California, 90013. The instructions on how to reciprocate with us are at sovrumano.com forward slash reciprocation and I always encourage people to reciprocate with the world around them. It makes for a much more dynamic society, a healthier society if we participate and reward each other for doing good work. And I hope we're doing good work here for you and we'll be putting more podcasts up there soon. And I hope you have a wonderful day today gaming and uh, that's it. They can pay for engaging you. Take care. Bye-bye.